At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network. What is up, everybody? Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Stormy Bon and Tony coming to you live from My Guys in the Desert from Circa Resort and Casino at our VSIN studio. Got a great show on tap. Dan Leach of the Detroit City Cast will join us in just a few minutes. He'll be with us for the first half hour. We're also here from Jeff Ulrich of DraftKings, talking all things NHL with him. Uh, and as usual on a Thursday, Derek Stevens and Mike Palm, the guys that run things here at Circa, will be in studio at the end of the hour. Um, with Dan when he joins us. Final Four NBA, lots to get to, but there was some NFL news over the last 24 hours. Very important, and that is where we will start things off with our top five. Bobby Wagner staying in the NFC West, but as a Los Angeles Ram. Longtime Seattle Seahawks All-Pro linebacker was released by the team, as we know, earlier this month. Now reportedly agreeing to a five-year, $50 million deal with L.A., worth up to $65 million with incentives. A Seattle all-time great, also visited the Ravens, is now set to face his old club twice during the 2022 season. He'll also be chasing down his former quarterback at some point this year with Russell Wilson's Broncos on the Rams' schedule as well. The defending Super Bowl champs have 10-1 odds to run it back and are the second betting favorite in the NFC behind only the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Speaking of which, in a stunning turn of events, turns out Tom Brady was not the actual Tampa Bay Bucks leader to retire. Head coach Bruce Aaron stepping aside from his coaching role yesterday. Um, he will now turn into a team's front office role as a senior football consultant. He's also effectively passing the torch down to defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, who has reportedly agreed to a five-year deal. Bowles getting a second chance to prove himself as a head man after four years with the Jets from 2015 to 18 that resulted in a career record of 24 and 40. This Bucks roster, of course, far more talented than New York with Super Bowl experience as well. Team's win total does remain here at 11 and a half, but the the change actually made Tampa a bigger favorite in the NFC South and in the conference. Still 7-1 to odds as well to win Super Bowl 57. We all know the speculation uh, that swirled around the last couple months regarding a potential rift between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. But a really good conversation on Follow the Money this morning with NBC's Peter King. Um, he joined the show. He's the one that announced the news yesterday with regards to Arians. Had an interesting take on that as well as the Sean Watson's potential discipline. So if you have time, get on v Twitter or go listen to the Follow the Money podcast because that is definitely worth the listen. Keeping it in the NFC South, could the Carolina Panthers be taking a quarterback with the sixth overall pick? Speaking of this week's owners meetings, GM Scott Fitterer admitted you hate to force it, but it's sometime you have to take a shot on a quarterback when discussing the draft. The Panthers don't currently have a second, third, or fourth round pick this year after trading him away for quarterback Sam Darnold and corner C.J. Henderson. After pick six, they're not slated to go again till pick number 137. Odds to be the first quarterback drafted. Malik Willis, a minus 200 favorite there. And Kenny Pickett at plus 175. A Pittsburgh guy, which you know David Tepper likes, and he also has a connection to Matt Rule, having previously committed to play for him at his time at Temple. The Colorado Avalanche got some surprisingly good news this morning. Head coach Jared Bednar telling reporters 
the SARS center, Nathan McKinnon, will return to the lineup today after just a one-game absence with an upper body injury. As of Tuesday, the expectation was that the three-time Hart Trophy finalist was out indefinitely, with there being a high level of concern with regards to the seriousness of the injury. Further evaluations clearly changed that sentiment. McKinnon and the Avs will host the Sharks tonight as a big minus 370 favorite. The two met back on March 18th in San Jose with Colorado claiming a 5-3 win on the road. From good news, though, to bad on the injury front for another cup contender in the Toronto Maple Leafs, Peter Mrazek re-aggravated a groin injury in the first period of the Leafs game with Boston on Tuesday and will now reportedly miss the rest of the regular season out at least six weeks. So that goaltenders get down. Also, Jack Campbell's already been unavailable since March 9th with a rib injury and is not medically cleared to return. So tonight, Eric Colgren in net against the Jets, who made 23 saves in relief against the Bruins. Michael Hutchinson has been brought up on an emergency call-up basis. Even with the injuries in net, though, and Jake Muzzin also unavailable on D. The Leafs a minus 235 favorite against Winnipeg tonight. Total was quickly bet up from six to six and a half. I do have a play on this game a little bit later in the show. But for now, as promised, let's welcome in Dan Leach, host of the Detroit City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Dan, my man, what's going on? Stormy, it's been like a week. I I, I, I I miss you. It's been very emotional without you. I miss you as well. And whenever I, I was lacking a little bit of energy before we came onto the show, whenever I feel that way, what's the fix? Dan Leach, no question. I am no. sorry, though, about your Michigan Wolverines. It was a great run in the NCAA tournament. Cut short by Villanova. So I'm hoping, since I know you watched that game super, super closely, you can give us some insight to this Villanova-Kansas game off the top. Yeah, well, I'll just tell you this right away. Uh, it's one thing if you play your best or close to it and lose. It's another thing if you can't make a layup, forget how to shoot a free throw. I mean, it was terrible. I had a lot of fun watching the game with my brother-in-law and nephew, the Owens. That was fun. But, uh, yeah, this this Villanova team, and Stormy, I think it's really interesting. And I, and I was talking about this on the Detroit CityCast when I was previewing the Final Four games. It's not like they're an afterthought, but it kind of like they, it kind of like is like they are. Where you look at Nova and all they've done is is run their way through the tournament. I know the game against Houston was ugly. A 50 to 44 game is nuts in the Elite Eight. But this is Nova, a team that is in their third, you know, final four in what, eight years or something. And they've won championships. And Jay Wright's a great coach. And yeah, losing more is, is obviously a terrible injury. But guys like Gillespie and guys like Samuels. And they can shoot free throws better than anyone in the country. And they can bring you down to their level if they need to and hang in games when they're not playing their best like they did against the Wolverines. And I, I look at this game against Kansas, and of course, Kansas is the only number one seed left. We almost had zero number one seeds. And with Abaji and, and the way they're able to play defense, and obviously they're extremely well coached as well. They're a really good team. But Villanova, how can you bet against them? I mean, all they're doing is winning against all these expectations of people thinking they're going to lose. I thought Houston was the best team left in the tournament. They made Houston look silly. So, I mean, I'm all about Villanova plus four and a half. I know it's four, four and a half, mm -hmm. depending on the place. I think it's going to be a great game, and I think Kansas still could win it. But I'm not going to go against Nova. That's going to be the Wolverines, not being a homer here. But it's almost like they're just being completely undervalued, and they're easily one of the best teams in the country. Maybe they're still obviously a two seed. They're not a, a good enough to be a one seed, but they're right there, Stormy. And it's been very interesting to watch them kind of really get their way through the tournament, not playing their best at times, but always finding a way even when they're not playing their best. And you did mention it, the big reason that, I mean, you're the first person I've had on the show this week that has said Villanova plus the points because of the, the smartest person you're going to have on. <laughs> 
Well, you, I, I need to go back and actually get your full win percentage for the things that you have given out here on the show because it's got you're, you're batting pretty solid here on the program. I, I will give that to you. Um, but because of the Justin Moore injury, that is why so many people you know are on Kansas because they go from that six-man rotation down to five, which worries a lot of people because they don't take a lot of play from the bench. But let's move ahead to the Duke-North Carolina game as well. All eyes are going to be on this one. Is this the end for Coach K or is he going to a national championship? What's your view on it? I thought the end for Coach K was against Texas Tech, so what the hell do I know? <laughs> By the way, just ballparking, I think it's like 80%. It's pretty high. Membership. It's pretty high. Something like that. I'm, just, I'm just saying, I was trying to help people win some cash. But this, the, the, there's, there's two things off the jump here in this game. First, you mentioned Coach K, obviously, the final run. But this is the hundredth time that North Carolina and Duke have played. It's 50-49 Duke, by the way. They've never played in the tournament. How is that even possible mm-hmm. in, in all of Coach K's tenure, you know, three-plus decades? That is insane to me. And bet against North Carolina at your own peril. I mentioned I thought Duke, you know, listen, this is still a team with tons of All-American, All-Americans and, and top draft picks, potentially, and Bonchero and, and guys that obviously are some of the best players in the country. So it's not like Duke wasn't good, but I, I just thought the way that they played at the end of the season, North Carolina completely lambasting them in Coach Kate's final regular season home game at Cameron. I didn't think Duke was going to be here, but now you've got both these teams, these long story rivals. You know, you've got a, a UNC team that, you know, ended uh, the St. Peter's Paul and Mary run, but they've beaten some really good teams in this tournament and made them look silly. Obviously, they almost lost in the end against Baylor when they had the huge lead, but beating Marquette by almost 30, and, or actually but more than 30, beating Baylor, beating the team that I thought had a great chance to win it all in UCLA, and then obviously dominating St. Peter's, it was just too much for them. How can you go against this team, especially after what they did to Duke in that final regular season game? I think that North Carolina, and, and I love what Hubert Davis had to say, a couple days ago. There's no pressure on them. Not that they're playing with house money, but that they just beat Duke. They're not They're not scared of them. They're not nervous about this. You know, they, they've got guys, Love and Maddock and Davis and everyone that can shoot and can play defense and can turn the ball over and, and cause turnovers on Duke. They're going to be ready in this game. And if they get off to a nice lead early, Duke might start questioning themselves because of what happened last time they played. And I, I, this, I don't know if both underdogs are going to win outright, Stormy. I think one of them will. But I am all about North Carolina plus four. Once again, Duke could win a close game here. But I, I think there's a great chance North Carolina not only going to cover, but could win this game outright. They really are just defending and competing at a super high level. We see a very high total in this one as well because these are two scorching hot offenses. And what I keep hearing for the final four games has been under on the Kansas-Villanova game and over on the higher total here in UNC and Duke. Do you have any feel for the totals either way? Well, Stormy, you know this because you're incredibly smart and amazing at what you do. Every game in the Elite Eight went under. Most of the games in the Sweet 16 went under. I am not touching a 151 total. (laughs) I'm not even stepping near it. I'm not even going to, like, mosey up to it with a monster energy like I love. That's absurd to me. Uh, You know, when you look at the Nova Kansas total, that to me, it feels like an over. But also the way Villanova has gone through droughts, especially against Michigan and Houston, where they weren't scoring. I'm nervous about that. But there is no chance with a 35-and-a-half-meter pole. I'm going for the Canadian audience here. Uh, I'm touching or coming close to that 151, 151-and-a-half total. It's insanely high. Now, can those teams get into the 80s? Of course they can. But it's a Final Four game. We just saw every Elite Eight game go under. Mm -hmm. So I think it's one of these things right now where you stay away from that. Maybe the over on Villanova, but definitely don't touch the the total on North Carolina. No, I'm with you. And that's a game, honestly, I might just take a live betting approach to. I'm not really sold on a side quite yet. Dan, you're going to stick around for a little bit longer. We'll get your pick for tonight's championship. 
championship in the NIT. But remember, everybody, opening day is also just a week away now. And you can get everything that you need to bet on baseball this season with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for just 19 bucks. Sign up today and you'll get full access to VEASAN through the start of baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL Draft for just 19 bucks at VEASAN.com slash spring. Great insight. You got to do it. More with Dan. Don't go anywhere. This is My Guys in the Desert. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. And we are so honored to have the man, the myth, the legend, the host of the Detroit City Cast on with us right now, Dan Leach. And we'll get your NIT selection and some NBA picks here in a moment. But first, with all the NFL news that's circulated over the last 24 hours, got a quick betting game of true or false with you in the NFL. So here we go. The Buccaneers have shorter odds right now in the division and in the NFC since the retirement of Bruce Arians yesterday. True or false, Todd Bowles makes the Buccaneers better. That is definitely false. <laughs> and uh, can we have an additional comment that Tom Brady masterminded Bruce Arians retiring? I know that they're trying to play down. There's no issues with those two. Listen, Todd Bowles didn't really do much with the Jets. He's obviously a great coordinator. And uh, being here in Detroit with the Lions, we have tons of great coordinators that are bad coaches. Jim Schwartz, Morningweg, Marinelli, many others. I mean, Todd Bowles could be something maybe in the future, in the next two, three years, that you know could do something for the Buccaneers. But no, he's definitely not a better option than Bruce Arians, who's been great everywhere he was. And obviously, it just kind of shocked all of us and retired. I agree with you there, but hopefully he takes advantage of the opportunity with what is, we know, a very solid roster led by TB12 himself. Yeah, I'm not rooting against him. I'm just I just saying. don't think he's better than Brazilian. No, no doubt. I'm with you 100%. Uh, the first quarterback off the board in this year's NFL draft will be Kenny Pickett at plus 175. Bettable, true or false? It's uh, it's definitely bettable, but this is so tough. It's such a weird year. Where, you know, normally you've got a quarterback at least that's probably going to go in the top five. And obviously you look at Pickett, you look at Malik Willis. I know my lines are sitting there at two. No, they're not taking one of the quarterbacks there. But could Pickett go, you know, in the, in the top six, top seven? Is Willis going to shoot up there if a team falls in love with him? I love Malik Willis uh, from Liberty. But that is definitely, as far as this, this question goes, definitely bettable because I think there's a great chance that Pickett's going to be the first quarterback taken. But it's such a, a convoluted and, and just kind of whacked up year stormy because we don't have a consensus top quarterback that everyone knows will be the guy. We thought it was going to be, you know, guys like Spencer Rattler in this class and Sam Howell. And obviously they've fallen off. I mean, Rattler got benched. And I think the next year's class will be the one where we definitely have a consensus, you know, top quarterback there. You mentioned your Lions there at two. GM Brad Holm saying this week that they have had some dialogue with teams about potentially trading that selection. So true or false, the Lions trade the number two overall pick. Yeah, please refer to him as Brad Sherlock Holmes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, listen, the, the Lions, and I, I never agree with this because we're here in this, you know, dearth of success here in Detroit, and I've always been a Lions fan, and I always will be. And people will say, the draft's our Super Bowl. And I'm like, that's stupid. The draft should not be our Super Bowl. But everyone every year seems to always want the Lions to trade down, which, of course, a lot of teams, fans wanted to do that. This is a year where, for me, if Aiden Hutchinson's not there, and I know Trayvon Walker could be the great pick at, at number two if Hutch goes number one to the Jaguars, 
But if 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 Hutch isn't there and you get a great offer to trade down, maybe get one of those quarterbacks further down the trough, still get a guy like Walker possibly or Kevin Thibodeau from Oregon. Uh, you got to look at it because the Lions have a lot of first-round picks after the, the, the Stafford uh, deal with the Rams over the next couple of years. So you get more first-round picks. That's what you do to get out of a rebuild and become the Cincinnati Bengals or another team that's gone worse to first. So I think there's definitely, I, I will say, as far as true or false, I, I'm going to say false, but there's definitely a very good chance. Yeah, good food for thought, though. It's a good exercise, a good exercise. Hey, let's, yes. let's get back to college hoops because we did talk Final Four in the NCAA tournament, but there is a champion to be crowned tonight in the NIT at Madison Square Garden. You got Xavier taking on the Texas A&M Aggies. A&M, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Is this another postseason tournament dog you're eyeing? Well, before I get into that, there's a very good chance, Storbles. But I'll tell you this. For those who don't know, the NIT for a long, long time actually was a bigger deal than the NCAA tournament. Of course, it's not the way it is anymore. There's not as much money involved. And, of course, this is the last time it's going to be at Madison Square Garden for at least a few years after being there every year except the COVID year in North Texas since, like, 1939. So I'm a little sad about that because I've been to Madison Square Garden many times. But, yeah, I look at this NIT final, and I've been on A&M the entire tournament. I've been on every game. and. I uh, have covered most of the time. I had him on the money line in some situations as well. So I love AM. But Xavier, when you look at Xavier playing in the Big East, you know, with teams like Providence, obviously a tournament team, UConn, Nova's in the Final Four, Creighton, Seton Hall, Marquette, and playing in a great conference. I'm not saying that they were the best teams. Obviously, they weren't. But if you look at what they've got, they might have had the most overall talent, even more than Villanova, especially now uh, with Moore being hurt, whether it's my man Paul Scruggs or Kobe Jones or Fremantle. They are so talented all over, and that's what they did in the semis against the, the bodies who were maybe one of the hottest teams in, in recent NIT history, and they were basically playing a home game with their fans coming up there at the Garden. So I look at Xavier tonight. I think they're going to keep this thing close. AM obviously can, can be very physical with you. They've played great throughout this tournament. But to me, when you look at what Xavier was able to do against Florida, beat them by 16, they beat Vanderbilt, and then they beat the Bodies. They were up big in that game. I know the Bodies made a comeback towards the end. But they when they're in the lead, the problem is when Xavier's down, that's when they have problems like that Providence three-overtime game where Providence really grew up beating Xavier that night. But when they're up, they are very, very tough to catch. I think they're going to be up in this game early. I love the four and a half. Uh, in, in these tournament stories, as you know, a lot of the NCAA tournament games and a lot of these NIT games, the underdogs have not just covered, they've won outright. Mm -hmm. And I've been very successful with that. So for me, I am all about the X-Men tonight at the, Madison Square Garden. The Musketeers. And I am seeing that at five some places now as well. So shop around and see if you can get the best number, especially if you do like the dog. In the association tonight, your Detroit Pistons, the, the sneakiest covering machine in the NBA, back at it again tonight against the 76ers. Philadelphia's dropped their last two games, looking to rebound from those two against the Suns and Bucks. They're a nine and a half point favorite. Bet down from that double digit of 10, which means some people are catching on and like back in the Pistons to you tonight as well. Yeah, listen, I'll tell you this. I would much rather be excited about the Pistons, you know, winning games. And, you know, I think the future obviously is still as bright because they're going to have hopefully a top four pick to go along with Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, and others. But when you're a 20 win team and you've covered 15 of 17 mm -hmm. and you're the talk of the betting world, I'm okay with that too. I just wish it wasn't just about covering, it was more about winning some games. But listen, you look at what Detroit's been able to do at Little Caesars Arena, going back probably about a month and a half now, and on the road as well. I've had some nice outright wins on the road as double digit underdogs as well. But the Sixers, clearly a much better team with that beat averaging almost 30 and 11 and a half rebounds a game. 
And, you know, the Pistons are, are not going to win this game outright. I'd be shocked if they did. But when you're catching, as you mentioned, the 10.5 down to 9.5, I got it at 10.5. And, and you're getting basically double digits at home. And you've covered 15 to 17. And what the Pistons have done best is they've just been in games. They've, I don't want to say brought the other their opponents level down. They've just raised up when they've needed to and brought the opponents level down at times. That's how they've covered so many of these games. They've lost a bunch of them, obviously, because they only have 20 wins. They're 20 and 56. But tonight with Philadelphia, I think the Pistons are going to keep this game close. I'm not going against the monster. They're going to be 16 of 18 uh, as far as a cover machine, and, and I'm with the Pistons tonight at home. I think Cade Cunningham, you look at his total uh, points, and I like the over on that. And I think he has a big game along with Sadiq Bay and the Pistons cover. Lose by six or seven tonight. And another just point to support how well they've done against the spread. 9-0 and ATS, their last nine against teams with a winning record. So they do kind of yep. elevate their game a little bit against those teams that have been having straight-up success this year. Another good game. To, I mean, two teams that the Sixers and Pistons just faced are also going head-to-head. A really good game tonight on tap. Expected between the Milwaukee Bucks and Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie, we know, is available to play at home these days. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, and how about the Pistons having a lead for the majority of the, the game? Well, at least till the second half on the Brooklyn Nets. It's 14-point dogs on the road. Of course, Brooklyn won it in the end, but it was under uh, a 10-point game. I look at this, and I, and I don't want people to think that I'm – NBA is a lot different than, than college basketball because I told you I thought it was crazy, that total of 151.5 in the Duke-North Carolina game. But I'm looking at this total, and I know it looks absurd. It's like an all-star game, 243.5. And, and I will tell you this, I got it at 242.5. Uh, I love the over tonight. I think both these teams obviously can score a ton. You know, the Greek freak and Durant themselves can combine for 80 in this game. And I think as long as you get a, you know, a decent first quarter, there's a very good chance this game is going to definitely go over into the 250s or right around 247, 248 is where I've got it at right now. So I know it seems like a crazy total, but this is where I'm going over. I hate taking unders in the NBA. So I'm always trying to identify, you know, totals that I like going over the spread. And this is definitely one of them. This is going to be an extremely high-scoring game. It's on TNT. I'm not saying the NBA games aren't on TV a lot, but whenever you're on TNT and it's a national game, it kind of puts a little more pep in your step. It's a big matchup with uh, the Nets and the Bucs, and obviously both of them have a chance to win the East and win the NBA title. So I like the over. A ton of points tonight. And I will say that the Greek freak and Durant the Durantula could buy for about 80 or so points in this one. Well, I mean, we did just see Giannis throw up 40 the other night as well. He just yep. continues to deliver on a night and night out basis. And just with regards to that total, you got a good middle on it. It opened 238 and a half. I'm looking at right now, but all the way up to that 243 and a half. Uh, 30 seconds left here with you. My girl, Stephanie Kamershack, the producer of the show, thinks the Lakers are going to lose out. Agree or disagree? Oh, I, I completely agree. The oh. Lakers are a trash, trash festival. I love Steph, by the way. Uh, Steffelton. And I got really I got two two of my best friends that are in Detroit but are Lakers fans. I call them banner chasers, <laughs> and I've been making fun of them for weeks. Lakers are toast. Get rid of Frank Vogel, hire somebody else. LeBron goes to the Wizards. I don't know. Lakers are done. Put a fork in them. They are done. Thank you, Dan. You're the best. My honor and pleasure. You're the best as well. That's Dan Leach of the Detroit CityCast. You can download it anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure you check it out. Great stuff day in and day out. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the NHL slate tonight. I'll talk through my power plays, and we'll connect with our guy Jeff Ulrich of DraftKings for his best bets. Maybe look ahead to the Masters as well. Don't go anywhere. This is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
This segment of My Guys in the Desert brought to you by Zin Nicotine Pouches. Are you tired of the same old, same old when it comes to nicotine? Have you been looking, hoping, and wishing for a more satisfying, discreet, or smoke-free way to experience nicotine satisfaction? Just look for three letters, Z-Y-N. Zin Nicotine Pouches are a satisfying, smoke-free, spit-free tobacco alternative. They're available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and more. And for your convenience, every variety comes in two strengths. So you can find the satisfaction level that works for you. Zin America's number one nicotine pouch is available now in over 100,000 locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zin. Head on over to Zin.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Time to talk to National Hockey League with my power plays, a couple of my favorite bets of the evening coming up here. I really like the Florida Panthers on the puck line tonight against Chicago. They should have no problem scoring goals, especially at home and especially against a Blackhawks team that just shipped out their best goalie in Marc-Andre Fleury. Chicago is allowed 11 combined goals their last two games against an injury-depleted Vegas Golden Knights team and the Buffalo Sabres. And when they last met with the Panthers in Chicago earlier this month, a 5-2 loss. Um, While the Blackhawks, I know, have been better offensively, I just don't think they have enough to keep up with Florida, who's taken the most shots and scoring the most goals per game in the NHL this season. Another game that I'm really looking at is the Leafs and Jets over. This total has been bet up from six to six and a half. I did put a little bit more on it to get to the six, so I paid minus 135 on it. But the Jets are dealing with some COVID issues. They're playing their seventh game in the last 12 days, so you expect them to potentially be a little bit tired, which can mean a little bit sloppy. And I haven't seen it confirmed yet, but I think both backup goaltenders are going to go. We told you about the Peter Moran injury so you expect Eric Hallgren in net and potentially Eric Comrie for the Jets instead of Hellebuck on the second half of back-to-back. The Jets are averaging 3.6 goals per game their last five. The Leafs put up 11 combined their last two games against better clubs in Boston and Florida so this matchup is just screaming give me goals so I'm going with the over here and I also have a chalky chalk 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 parlay for you. Carolina over Montreal, Boston over the New Jersey Devils and Florida throwing in there all Stanley Cup contending teams against far inferior competition you throw them all together on the money line it's plus 135 but it doesn't matter if they win right if you want to get crazy if you want to go puck line don't hate that either that's plus 485 so do with that what with you will fade or follow those are the power plays let's get some more best bets with this slate as we welcome in Jeff Ulrich DraftKings betting and fantasy analyst at the fantasy grind on Twitter always giving out his regular best bets and lineup advice on the DK Nation website how's it going my friend it's going good, yeah. Uh, interesting little night, getting some big, big uh, or some small, small lines on on some of these puck line favorites for sure. Pretty interesting. So many big favorites this year in general in the NHL. I'm trying to figure out the best way to attack some of these games. I mentioned off the top that I like the Florida Panthers on the puck line today. Is there anything that you're looking at with that Panthers-Blackhawks game? Like you said, I mean, we should be expecting goals and a ton of them. Um, Chicago Blackhawks, Defensively, they, they haven't been good, but offensively, they, they've certainly brought it. I mean, over four goals in each of their last five games. And it's a team I, I I just like to target their total over the last few games. And, you know, once their offense is picked up and Patrick Kane, it, it's really paid off. And I think you do it again today. You're getting plus 110 to go over two and a half goals mm-hmm. for the Chicago Blackhawks. Because the Panthers, I mean, they're probably going to score five or six goals. And I agree with you. Like, I'm not really that into taking the Blackhawks on the money line because the Panthers are so good. But... The Panthers have also allowed, like, you know, quite a few goals over the last few games. They allowed Montreal to get back in the game at home last time. And the Blackhawks offense clicking pretty good. So I'll take the over on 
on uh, two and a half for Chicago on that one. No, I like that too. I could definitely see this be like a 5-3 or a 6-4 type of game. Just That's why the total is set as high as it is. You're not even getting plus money at a total set at seven right now. It's Pretty crazy. Um, Another game that I talked about was the Jets-Maple Leafs game. Uh, I know the Jets aren't going to have Kyle Connor or Nate Schmidt. Um, The Leafs, I I didn't want to back the Leafs on the money line here just because, I don't know, I just don't trust them as much. I saw a lot of people like them on the puck line, but the Jets have been so competitive lately. I was like, I'm just rooting for goals, but did you pick a side in here? Which way did you feel? Yeah, I mean, obviously the the COVID issues and and that's part of the reason why the Jets are a plus two on it. But I I mean, I really don't mind the Jets on the money line tonight. This is a team that, you know, they they kind of made their statement at the trade deadline. They're they're really not going for much. They traded away Andrew Kopp. We kind of know what the Jets are. But at the same time, like they've won four games in a row now, I think it is. And it's kind of just a team that's freewheeling and playing with house money. And even if it is Eric Comrie and Net tonight, that's still an advantage over Eric Algren. And I, I mean, I'm just, I'm not betting the, the least with a third string goalie. Like right? they've just been, they've, they've been poor defensively too, right? At, at minus 235. So I think the Jets, I, I, they're just, I, I mean, I kind of like the way they're playing finally. It, it seems to have just taken them like giving up on the season to maybe get some consistency. But I think they have a small edge in net. And, you know, obviously Connor's out's a big thing, but plus 200, I think that's a big enough number for me to take them. They're one of my favorite underdogs tonight. For sure. No, I like it too. That's why I said it. it's just it was so hard for me to contemplate with my mind paying that type of a price to bet Toronto. So I love the plus 200 play here. And I was looking into some numbers too with Winnipeg. They actually have the best win percentage in the NHL since February 27th, 11, four and one in that span. They are a very hard out lately. Um, the Avalanche and Sharks going head to head today. Colorado got some good news. Nathan McKinnon's injury, not as severe as they thought it was going to be. He'll be out there tonight against the Sharks. What are you looking at here? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, this, I, I really like the under on this one earlier in the day, especially with McKinnon out. But I mean, I, I still like it with McKinnon in. Um, you know, the, the Sharks are a team that they're, they're tied for like last in goals per game at 2.6. And they're not terrible defensively. Like they have a decent penalty kill. And just the way the Avalanche have played lately, I mean, they, they've allowed five or fewer total goals in four of their last five starts. So, you know, Darcy Kemper's playing better. Uh, and, and like Pavel Francouz, if he starts tonight too, I actually I didn't double check who was starting before this. It is actually Francouz. I, I see that right mm-hmm. now. That's fine too, though, because he's played well. And I, I think that just with the way the, the, the Avalanche are playing, getting a, a six and a half goal total against the Sharks, who, like I said, they're just not a consistent offensive team. I think taking the under here is completely fine. I think you can even, if you're looking for a bit more of a spicy line, you can take uh, the Avalanche to win and under 6.5, a plus 135. So I like that. Uh, you know, with McKinnon in, obviously that the Avalanche's chances to win are heightened. But uh, yeah, I'm still on the under. I mean, I, I just think that the way Colorado's playing and w- against a, you know a, a mediocre to poor offensive team, I, I like the under six and a half. Just a quick thought: What's your belief in the Avs long term? Obviously, they've been atop the odds board for a long time to win this year's Stanley Cup. See if they could put it all together. Do you believe the hype? <laughs> I mean, th- it seems like we've had this question like the last three years with them, right? So <laughs> yeah. you know, the way the West is set up. Uh, I, I, it's really going to come down to Darcy Kemper. I mean, I, I really think that if Darcy Kemper plays the way he's been playing over the last you know, few weeks, yeah, I, I think Colorado will, will get by. But you've got teams like Minnesota and Calgary. Low, like they, they, I still think they have slight edges at goalie, especially Minnesota now with Marc-Andre Fleury. So, I, I mean, they're, they're not a team I would be getting on. I won't be shocked if Colorado breaks through. But no, I mean, I I think that you know they, they there's a good chance they'll get snake bit again, and and a hot goalie like like a, a Yaka Markstrom will get them at some point. So 
know, it, it, that's just the way the playoffs are. It, it sometimes it takes these quality teams a long time to break through. But you know, Colorado's a great team, but I just feel like they're they're in the regular season, especially they get almost blown up a little bit because the Western Conference is so much weaker than the Eastern right now. So that's my take on Colorado. Uh, I, I'm. I'd rather bet against them than bet on them. Man, we're like speaking the same language right now. I could not agree with you more on that sentiment. Um, I did mention in my parlay tonight, I'm fading the Devils and taking the Bruins in that game. Um, another high total between the Devils and Bees tonight. Is there anything worth looking at here? I haven't even asked you for any prop plays. Is there anything you like tonight? Yeah, I mean, look, we're getting plus 185 on Jack Hughes to score a goal. And I, I mean, I know it's the Bruins and, and you know, the Devils are, are kind of like a bottom feeder team, but... I think these odds are, are good enough, and I don't mind fading the Bruins tonight. Actually, so I'm, I'm I, I almost don't. I almost made the Devils one of my my money line picks, but uh, I, I'll take just Hughes at plus one eighty five to score a goal. I mean, the Bruins are coming off getting demolished by the Leafs. I think there's going to be some residual effect here, playing into a little bit of the narratives and just how I think this is going to go. But the Devils haven't been poor, poor offensively at all lately. They've scored three or more goals in six of the last seven games. And a lot of that has been behind Hughes, who's like averaging like five shots on goal over his last 10 games. And his shooting percentage is actually still like over those last 10 games, a little bit under his seasonal and career percentage. So he's actually got room to like pop up for a bit more. He's been very, very good of late. And I was surprised when I saw the odds on him, quite frankly. I, I know it's a bit of a mismatch just in terms of teams and stuff like that, but I'll take Hughes to, to score a goal here. And I don't really hate the, the Devils as an underdog play either. I love that that plus money, but I do not like that underdog play. For my parlay's sake, Jeff, come on, help a girl out. Uh, love talking hockey with you all the time, but you are also one of our resident PGA experts, the Masters, just a week away. Any early names that stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, we still have Rory McIlroy and, and guys like Jordan Spieth playing this week. Um, McIlroy is the guy I'm, I'm really interested to watch. You know, he didn't really start fast this week or anything, which is, I think it's good. He's plus 1600 right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Rory's looked very, very consistent to start the year. He's put together a bunch of top tens. You know, he, he won last fall. Like, this is a player who's really close. He's got the Augusta experience. I, I hope his odds drift a little bit, and I hope he doesn't get too far into contention this week. But a, even at plus 1600, like, that, that is a number I'd be fine with. You can wait till next week. That's fine. But, um... I, I, Rory is a guy I'm interested in. Then Daniel Berger, plus 3,500. Another longer shot I'm going to be on next week. Really great stuff, Jeff. Appreciate the time. That's our guy, Jeff Ulrich, at the Fantasy Grind on Twitter. Give him a follow. He does a great job posting his plays. When we come back, Derek Stevens and Mike Palm of Circa in studio. And uh, Tiger Woods, maybe, in the Masters. Got some interesting props we can take a look at. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness every day. Choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked, sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it all home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely, choose Wendy's, and we are choosing the bad boys of Circa. On set here in studio. <laughs> I think Where'd that one come from? I was told maybe. that's how you guys wanted to be introduced. Oh, a Pistons reference. I think it's that's a what Pistons reference. Yeah, it Why is. Kate Cunningham's going to win rookie of the year. You're dressed in. You're all blacked out right now. Well, I can see you look like a bad boy. Pandemic. 
Anyways, for those of you who are just listening, owner and CEO here of Circa, Derek Stevens, and VP of Operations, host of Odds On here at the network, Mike Palm. Welcome in, gentlemen. Before uh, we came on air, Mike was telling me all about this fantasy baseball draft you have going on. What's the what's the word? Tell me more. Yeah, the circus sports swinging trout. You know, we have our professional swinging trout. Swinging. Oh, okay. Swinging trout. This is our baseball team. You know, we had the we had our circus sports trout for football. We had an undefeated season, the first professional fantasy football uh, um, fantasy league, and we did pretty well. So we bought a franchise, and now we're in the baseball uh, baseball league. So we've already had three drafts. We've had the international draft. Okay. We've had the uh, we've had the prospects draft, and we've had the player draft. So tomorrow is everyone that is currently uh, not on a uh, a forty man roster to kind of fill up fill things out. So this is a pretty deep deal. So. There's, there's no big superstars we're talking about. These drafts have happened now for the last five weeks. So these are um, the individuals that are getting called up. Like even the prospects, like for example, a big prospect got called up uh, by the Cincinnati Reds uh, yesterday, Hunter Green. Hunter Green's going to be a stud. So we had him on our scouting team. So he's called up. So these are going guys, deep. Yeah. So this, we're Success. talking about we're talking about guys like um, not even like Willie Castro, Harold Castro. We're talking about guys that have never played in the big leagues, but might make a twenty-six man or twenty-eight man on opening day um, on this auction. That's awesome! Very cool. What's it, what's your with the face? You're always giving me something. You got to be Mike. very what's excited. Happening? We're like fifteen minutes from tip off for the chance for the Mountain West to win something in college basketball. All hopes. Riding on Fresno in South Carolina today as they take on Coastal. Come on, it's always something with you. Can't we talk about the NIT at least? That's a interesting game. We yeah. moved to a five. We moved to a I five. Know, we I got saw. nothing but AM money today. And well, you should. That, that's because everybody's saying the same thing. The AM should have been in the big tournament. They got something to prove. Now they got to win the NIT. Although Dan Leach was on the program earlier. I know you like Dan. Uh, he's back in the Musketeers today. So at least somebody's betting them. There we go. But. I think I mean I think we're a five. Um, at one point, I think we were the only five. I know uh, uh, Matt and CB are looking for a little uh, Xavier money. Hmm. Okay, what are you guys looking for in the final four? I'm assuming you would need Villanova with everybody boasting Kansas as much as they are. Yeah, how come the line doesn't move? Well, riddle me that for me. <laughs> I haven't heard one person on this network anywhere in the book talking about taking Villanova, and yet it this line up, is because it went up quick, right? But, but it hasn't moved since Monday, yeah. and nobody's betting. A little suspicious Are they waiting to me. closer so, to tip-off sus- type little, of a thing, uh, you think? Know. I'll tell you what we don't need. We don't need North Carolina to win the championship. That's where we get hit hurt in the future pool. I bet one of the exactas just on a whim that I liked for North Carolina to beat Kansas in the national championship at plus 925 here. I really liked that one. That one stood out. Any exactas that you liked? I that have, was one of my favorite I, markets. I like that. I have Duke. It, it's interesting. Everybody has Duke. It's Duke. Well, I bet him in the futures. Yeah. So I, Duke... Over Kansas, Kansas over Duke is equal here, right, in the exactness. Do you think that it's going to be a pick on Monday night if that's the final game? Don't you think Duke's going to be a slight favorite yes. in that spot? Yes. I'm just saying. What? Everybody likes Duke so much. And I, under- I, I understand it to an extent. The stars are written. Um, but I don't know. I'm really excited for the Duke-UNC game. I think it's going to be really closely contested. It'll be a good game. Do you guys have anything going on here at Circa around the Final Four? Oh, we certainly do. I mean, we got. Uh, I, I shouldn't have said that. I said, "What do you have going on here?" We've got we've got bet bash going on. Oh. I think bet bash. Yes. I think the crew coming in. This might be the biggest, um, the biggest grouping of former 
bookmakers, current bookmakers um, in the history of Vegas. I mean, Spanky, Spanky did an incredible job. He sold this thing out. So they've got events at the D, events here. I think they've got about 10 events over the next four days. I heard him talking the other day, and he was like, yeah, this is uh, just making people jealous, I guess, because you can't come because we're already booked up. Are you uh, coming as one of the media members that's been invited? Maybe I, I wasn't invited. I'm actually. inviting you. Okay. As one of them, if them all got invited, you're certainly invited. How did, aren't get, you? how did them all get invited? You're what more of a member oh, of the media than Amal Shaw. You guys have an inside scoop on your your show. This is the together. largest collection of former bookmakers since you awesome. did, any day you drive to the South Point. <laughs> <laughs> Stop have, me when I'm I, lying. I have no follow-up to that. Stop me when I'm lying. No, that's incredible. Really, really fun. Um, it's going to be a great event. How many? He sold out 300 tickets, and then there's another 50 or so media members and, and people that are celebrities, former bookmakers that are coming. So there are around 350 so people. So there, like, there's a panel? So there's a meet and greet. Well, there's Alan Boston movie night at the D tonight. They're playing California Split, and then you can ask Alan Boston questions about this year's Final Four. Okay. Meet uh, registration tomorrow at Bar Canada tomorrow evening. Um, there's a, the watch party at the pool for the final four at Stadium Swim. They have half the upper deck starting at 2.30 on Saturday. Sunday's all the panels in the ballroom in Detroit, four different panels. Um, an event at Legacy Club Sunday night from 8 to 11. Um, a little mixer up there. And then on Monday, there's a, bre a breakfast bookmakers and a betters breakfast. You'll be at that. I have a conflict here. I have to be on a show with them all. And then they're going to gather to watch the national championship game here in the book on Monday. No, that's so. awesome. A full full slate of events for everything. Mm -hmm. What are you guys anticipating just in terms of like the book turnout and everything? I know last week surpassed your guys' expectations with the Elite Eight and Sweet 16. Yeah, I mean, Final Four is going to be great. I mean, the scheduling is, 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 is great on Saturday. You know, the NCAA for their championship games um, from a Vegas perspective, um, to be fair, that, you know, on a scale of one to ten, College football championship, uh, NCAA basketball championship game. It's like a two. It's Monday night. It's so late. It just doesn't. Yeah. You know, there's. It's not like it's that? a Super Bowl. Eh, I guess it's a TV thing. Monday, so boring. Do you think that Duke Carolina? I ask him all this. Has a chance to be the most watched college basketball game in history? It's still Bird uh, and Magic in the final in '79. It's still the most watched. I think it's it'll be top five. It could be. I mean, Monday night. I mean, you're getting you're getting home televisions zeroing in so i guess you know nca is focused on the ratings uh, yeah. um i you think it could be bird magic i i don't know but it i bet it's the top non-final game all the final games are the top 10 right? i know amal's argument was that you could have so many different options to be it's watching different, different than 1979 people yeah, yeah, yeah. have other things to do but i i agree i think it could be top five just because how many people care about seeing the last game that Coach K is in, whether it's this game or whether it's Monday, and just the rivalry. These two have never played in the NCAA tournament, ever. Four of the top seven all-time highest-rated games involved either Duke or North Carolina. Yeah. Two of them involved the Fab Five. The, the third highest-rated game ever is the Fab Five's uh, first year when they were freshmen and that Leitner team beat them. And then the fifth-highest-rated game is when they got beat by Carolina the next year in 93. Mm. Uh, it's, the, the, it's just everything come together. A dream for CBS with Coach K and... <laughs> This is this 98th game against Carolina. From a betting perspective, will this outbet the championship game? Uh, it might have Villanova's in there. 
It's because they're, they got five guys. Yeah. I and mean, that's all Jay Wright. Jay Wright's the best coach in the country right now, but he's only got five guys. They ran a six-man rotation, and now they're down to five. Yeah, and Justin Tough. Moore is not just any player either. He's like be- the second-best scorer, best rebounder, be- defender. Best defender, <laughs> yeah. second-best scorer. Yep. Yeah, it's tough. Um, the and just, uh, just jumping in, Chris yeah. Paddock got out of that inning. I know it's a spring training game, but that might be his last game he ever seen in a Padre uniform because of the rumors this morning of him going to Pittsburgh. Really? What yeah. are, they, are they getting anything in return? Oh, they get Brian Reynolds. What, 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 a, what a move that was. Wow. Boy, Nightingale almost broke the internet today on that rumor. Opening day next week, as well as the Masters starting next week. There's been a lot of rumors with regards to whether or not Tiger Woods is going to play. And you guys have some very awesome Tiger Woods props here at Circa. Give me the lay of the land. Yeah, Jeff Benson put a tweet out earlier about all the different props here. Yeah, we had to make some moves. I mean, the money's coming in on Tiger, whether whether you believe this to be legit or not. But uh, but we've got uh, we've got his first round uh, um, number of strokes. Uh, there's just so many props on Tiger. It's all a, the action on does he go? Does he, does he complete one stroke in the tournament? You're yeah. getting a lot of action yeah. on that? It's on everything. It's <laughs> on, I mean, Tiger brings Tiger brings the energy, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, our big deal here is we're really trying to push um, Stadium Swim for a great place to watch the Masters. Outdoors, you have to, you have to love springtime, hope spring's eternal. 143-foot uh, screen and, and be able to watch, you know, all the different Masters channels. So we're excited. This is really our first year we've really pushed Masters, you know, in mm-hmm. April at Stadium Swim. So it should be a pretty good uh, a pretty good weekend. Um, obviously, I'm pitching because we still have some openings, but uh, but it's good. Start a new tradition unlike any other at go. Stadium Swim. There you go. Uh, appreciate the time. As always, fellas, again, this is Derek Stevens, owner and CEO here at Circa, Mike Palm, all the great work that you do at Odds On. How do we get on this additional podcast well, that's, what, that's I, what I want. That's what I needed the time to tease. We do have an extra mini pod of my guys in the desert that's coming up tomorrow. You won't want to miss it. Stephanie Kamershack, my producer of the show, who I know you know and love, is going to make her debut in the mini pod. So make sure you take a listen. Danny Burke and Rush Hour are coming up next. Get out of here, you guys.